This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. Welcome back to this edition of Spurs chat where we'll be discussing the Liverpool 1, Tottenham Hotspur 1 result. I've got three very special guests with me, but if you're watching this on YouTube, please do hit that subscribe button and hit, hit that like button as well. If you're listening to this on an audio platform, do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. Now, Hunmin Son put Spurs 1-0 up in the 56th minute. That is his 20th Premier League goal of the season. Diaz equalised for Liverpool in the 74th minute. We have now qualified for at least the Europa League this season, so we will be playing Europa League or Champions League football next season. Now, let's introduce the three very special guests. I've got best-selling author back on the channel, Kimberly Chambers. Kim, how are you? I'm all right, thanks, Chris. Cheers for asking me back on. Um, yeah, I mean, a bit disappointed, which I shouldn't be. And if it was mid-season, I wouldn't be. But there we are. But we, we did ourselves proud. We'll get into the football in a second, Kim. Um, Ricky, we've got uh, Ricky Norwood back with us, of course, former EastEnders star. <laughs> And, of course, start of Princess Switch 3. Ricky, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, my friend. I am in the little toilet again tonight. Uh, quietest room in the house as we're going late. Um, but, yes, I'm doing very well. I think the boys, again, like Kimberly was saying there, they've done us proud. And I, uh, I can't wait to jump into it, mate. We've also got Rob Howard with us, uh, first on the channel. So thanks for joining us, Rob. Sony award-winning radio DJ, currently at Capital, Capital FM. Rob, how are you? No, I'm very well, thank you. Do you know what? That award was about 15 years ago now. I'd forgotten about it. So thanks for reminding At the very least, I remember I won that award. Yes, awards, no one can ever take them away. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, Kim, let's start with you. Your thoughts on today's game? 1-1 against Liverpool. 
Well, I was dreading it a little bit because it's one of them grounds we never particularly have much luck at. It's, even when I was, you know, I'm knocking on a bit, and even when I was growing up, like, it was... I remember when I first started supporting Spurs, I don't think we'd won there for 60, 70 years. And I think we broke the duck quite early on in my Spurs supporting life when Garth Crooks got the winner up there. But since then, I was up there when we when we won, when Klingsman got out that time. I think that was the, the last day of the FA Cup, if I remember, remember rightly. But other than that, I've not really seen us have much. And in recent years especially, we've sort of played well in some games and had like either Loris has dropped a clanger or someone's dropped a clanger or or the 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 refs sort of not been great. So there's always been something. So in my mind, it's a bogey team. But today, we just, I don't know. I just uh, get worried earlier on. But um, obviously, we soaked up the pressure. But... Then I think we come into the game that bit more. Um, you know, it was obviously uh, the tactics that Conte had, had, had sort of prepared for the side. And I think in the end, they worked. And really, when you look at it, in the end, we've got beaten by a deflection, really. I mean, it, you yeah. know, that's the. I think that's the most disappointing thing. If that was a world-class volley or, a, you, you know, you'd accept it more. I think because it was a deflected goal, it's a little bit harder to take. And I also think today a point wasn't, you know, obviously you could see at the end of the game, neither set of players were joyous. You know, I don't think a point was really good for either of us today, either sides. I feel really positive about today's result, though, Kim. The fact that we have come such a long way. Conte has been in charge for six months. And, you know, when you go back to the Nuno days of uh, losing to Manchester United 3-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, when those fans were booing, we're not even having a shot on target. Antonio Conte has come in and we have given a performance like that against Liverpool. It's uh, you know, lots of positives to take from tonight, isn't it? Oh, oh Andre, listen, I love Conte, but, like, listen... Chris, you're a glass half full person, and you know, and I always see that with you on social media. I'm a bit more like Costa. I'm the glass half <laughs> And I'm don't get Champions League. Will this geezer be with me next season? And that's my main worry, and that's why I'm so like I'd love to see him, but I think he's been fantastic for us. And to be given the chance and to want to stay if we get Champions League. If he don't want to stay, then Levy's going to have to throw the biggest money at him that he's thrown at anyone. And you know what Levy's like when it comes to throwing Dosh out. I mean, this is my main concern. But, because I'd love to have a proper season, a full season with Conte next year. I think he's a fantastic manager. Rob, let's come to you. Um, Give us your thoughts on today's match. Yeah, well, I, I think the thing is, you know, we're all sat here like a bit deflated after, you know, drawing one all at Anfield and losing, as as you say, Kimberly, to a deflected goal. That was that was so annoying because it, it just got to the bit of the game, didn't it? Where it was like, they haven't really got a lot here. It was like, particularly second half, they weren't making that many openings. And it was like, all they seem to have is get it to Alexander-Arnold and he'll get it in the box and maybe a corner or something. And then with that going in, it felt so deflated. Annoyingly, my wife is a scouser. So she was sat there just like absolutely loving it. She's just like, oh, God. And and, and I and I said to her and I said, I, I can just see a, a glorious Spurs defeat coming here where it was like we gave him a really good go. And then we actually clung in. And then I tell you what, like, I, I'm overall, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm really happy with that. Like to go to Anfield, draw, they, like using the Opta stats, they didn't make a single big chance, which uh, when's the last time that happened at Anfield? Yeah. Um, and then the the thing the thing that's going to haunt me haunt my dreams. I literally know I'm not going to sleep well tonight. 
because I'm going to just keep seeing Hoiberg. <laughs> just head it. Head it. Just, just straight. And then he must have like a 50p head or something. And it's like, not to have a go at him at all because he was great tonight, you know, and he hit the post. And But it was there, wasn't it? It was the glorious last minute, like Man City-esque winner. And that, that's what I think feels a bit frustrating about it is that we could easily have won that. We could easily have won that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, great performance, Conte. And like, you know, we there, there was one good move in the whole game and it was us and we scored the best goal by a mile and th- th- they got a deflection to equalise. And, you know, you listen to Jurgen Klopp at the end doing his usual little sort of whinging. I'm, 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 I'm a great guy, but actually I'm going to make a load of excuses now, like kind of routine. And you just kind of think, bore off Jurgen. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I actually come away from that really happy, to be honest, I think. Well, in, in fairness, Rob, um, Jurgen Klopp said uh, really happy with a good performance uh, against an incredibly good opponent. So he did big up Spurs and he did uh, big up Spurs in the last couple of days as well in his press conferences. Did, did um, you see his Rick- little fifth drive, though? He Sorry? Said, um, he, said, he, said, uh, uh, he said, you know, yes, yeah, Spurs played really well, but, you know, they are fifth. So he did have a little <laughs> dig, a little dig about that. <laughs> Ricky, let's come to you. Your thoughts? Oh, mate, you know what? Ah, yes, you, you, it was in our hands. It was in our hands and we could have won this game right at the death. But I am so proud of these boys. Do you know what? It was really impressive to see that they were up for the fight. They wasn't scared about fighting Liverpool. You know, they they trained all week on how to deal with pressure. And I, I, I would guess that they probably chucked on a few extra kids when they done the like five asides or whatever it was probably like five versus eight or something to to handle the pressure that Liverpool put on you look Liverpool are playing on a different level right now you know um you saw what they've done in the Champions League during the week you've seen what they've done all season they play with pace power they've got everything all over the park whatever they need they've got the passer in midfield they've got the cruncher you know, they've got the outstanding goals from Salah Mane and now Luis Diaz, who's becoming a little wizard for, for them. So they've got everything going for them. And momentum is with them, form is with them. So for, for us to turn up at Anfield and not only be ready for the fight, but fight and, and believe in each other. You know, you can see that once Sonny scored that goal today, it was it was a culmination of that belief in that hard work that they had during, during the week's training sessions and stuff like that. So it was the, that was the payoff and we had to go again. But, you know, Liverpool are quality. The one thing they know how to do is swarm and put pressure on and make sure that you, you're, you can't reach your second balls and stuff like that. Or within the bounce, if it's between two players, they're always, they've always got one or two players there hustling and, and kind of being dogged to go and get that ball and, and put us under more pressure. So their goal, a deflected goal, came from just being pressure. It was just like the amount of pressure that they could put on us on us at that time. And they got a deflected goal. But I was really proud of the way that we stepped up and fought. When, when we scored the goal, straight after that, you know, we was buoyant. Our, our chests were up. You know, Hoiberg was there trying to sling in tackles left, right and centre. The, the boys, they played as a unit, you know. Um, it was, it, you know, it wasn't as perfect as it could have been, should have been. But I was really proud of the effort that they put in to, to, tonight. Kim, let's come to you. That is certainly a word I would use tonight, proud. And Ricky said it a number of times there, feeling proud of the team. Um, how proud of you are, you know, of Tottenham's defence tonight? Because you know, they blocked virtually everything that Liverpool threw at us. 
I think it was a great effort. I mean, the two fullbacks, especially, have come in for a lot of stick. I thought that. I thought, you know, Royale had his best game tonight in a Spurs shirt. And I thought Cess, you know, Cess did well. I mean, I think Cess could, you know, be a player somewhere down the line for us. You see, I think he's got a little bit of a confidence issue. But performances, you know, like like he put in tonight, obviously his cross was great for, for the goal. Um, but I just think there was a lot of good performances tonight. Davis, I mean, you can't really single out a player. I think everyone showed a bit of grit and lucky. That's you know that that's all we ask for as fans, really, isn't it, Chris? You know, um, showing willing and giving it all you've got. I mean, we don't ask for any more than that. But there, there was there were some great performances, and yeah, you've got to be proud. It's just a shame that it's not the. But but then again, listen, so many twists and turns this season. Let's not be down tonight. Who knows what's going to happen? And you know, let's just be. Well, listen, let's look forward to Thursday. Rob, let's come to you. How excited are you about having Antonio Conte as our manager? Because in the six months that he's been in charge, to turn around this squad the way that he has and to get performances out of some of these players that he has, certainly, and I know Kim said don't single out players, I'm going to single out Ben Davis because I thought he was absolutely sensational tonight. Oh, he was so good. How good was that that block he did on uh, on Salah, where Salah did the little cut in, little shimmy, and you thought, oh, you know, we've seen this. We've seen this Salah goal so many times. And he just came out of absolutely nowhere, like this turn of pace, like, you know, everyone thinks of him as sort of gentle Ben. And he was just, he was like, a, he's turned into like a real leader at the back. He's very aggressive. He's almost like, he's got a touch of the Romeros about him. I don't know if he sort of picked it up from him, but he really, really attacks it now. Um, but yeah, oh, a full season with Conte would just be, it, it would be so good. You think you got the full pre-season. Um, and then, you know, you kind of forget at the start when he first came in, like they're trying to employ a new system, this five at the back system, as well as that, he has his like crazy fitness levels as well, which he's, he's trying to get a team fitter during games which is like nearly impossible because how do you do that you've got to allow time for recovery as well i think when he came in we were still in the the conference weren't we so we we're playing like every yeah. three games or whatever mm. and then we had the the wave of covid as well so then half the team were, were ill um so yeah if you give him a full pre-season you give him a couple of players in in, in key positions and oh it would just be um It'd be so exciting. It'd be so exciting. But I don't know. I kind of almost don't want to look at next season yet. I kind of, I kind of, I, I, I think it's there. It's still there. I think there's, there's, there's still, there's still a lot to go. And I think, um, I, I just think Thursday's going to be massive. And I just think going into it, as you say, how great having Conte as the boss. Who, if I could pick a manager in the world to have going into Thursday night, like elite winning mentality, beat your arch rivals maybe take the driving seat for fourth if you do it. I'd pick Antonio Conte out of anyone in the world. And, and yeah. we actually have him. He's actually our manager. And that's what's happening on Thursday. Ricky, let's come to you. Let's talk about Tottenham starting 11. Um, of course, Hugo Lloris in goal, the back three, Romero, Dyer, Davis, wing-back Sessegnon and Emerson Royale. In midfield, Hoybier and Benton Kerr. And then the front three of Kuliszewski, Harry Kane, Hunmin Son. One change, Kuliszewski in for Lucas Moura from last week's result against Leicester. Um, did you expect that? Yeah, I mean, that's our strongest side right now, especially with, you know, Doherty and Regulon being out. So that's definitely our, our strongest side. We saw how much Kulu changed the game last week and how important he's been since he's turned up. You know, his winning mentality, his guile, his drive, his, you know, and, and his freedom of, of movement and play is exactly 
what we've needed for a long time. And we've seen that. We saw that last week when he came on and changed the game. So he was definitely going to start today. Um, and it, it was good to see that 11 out there. You know, they all had their minds set. Conte made sure that the plan was settled within them. And they went at it. You know, nobody, nobody would have given us a chance of winning or picking up a point today the way that Liverpool have been playing recently. So for us to go there and, and, and do the job was fantastic. Like you were talking there about Davies and, you know, Romero. And, you know, Romero had a few kind of, all right, iffy passes. But I think that that was happening throughout the team. There was times where they were so on it or angst, you know, that their passes were slightly short or slightly quicker than they wanted to. Or they knew that they, they wouldn't have much time on the ball and had to move that ball quickly, which in turn is going to create mistakes because Liverpool are everywhere, you know? So the way that all of the boys went out and done their jobs today was fantastic, you know? Really, really, really good. Really proud of the boys. And you know what? Also, we've got to send a shout out to a friend of the show, Darren Hart, who was DJing today. Didn't get to see the game because another Tottenham DJ ended up swapping shifts with him and then told him later that Darren's doing DJing while he can go home and watch the, watch the game. He's on his way home right now. So he hasn't watched the game. He said that what he's going to do, he's going to listen to the show on his drive home and uh, we're going to inform him how the game went. So, Dal, well done for today and uh, drive safe. And we've got you. Don't you worry. Absolutely. Um, Ricky, are you surprised on how Antonio Conte has really improved the likes of Eric Dyer and Ben Davis at the back? Because, of course, we know the quality uh, of Christian Romero, but... You know, when I when I do these shows, I write a number of notes down during the match. And all I seem to have written down this evening is Romero block, Dyer block, Davis block, you know, block, block, block throughout the whole of the game. Are you surprised on, on how uh, how much Conte is getting out of some of these players at the moment? I mean, I mean, yeah, really. Um, we, we know what type of quality that Conte brings to Tottenham, but to see it happening and to see where they were in the first, in, in, in the beginning of the season, you know, under Nuno, no, under Nuno, and especially in those four London derbies that we had, three or four back to back, where, you know, it, it, it was it was terrible. There was, I, I didn't know where we was going as a side. Davies was on everybody's sell list before Conte turned up. Dyer was a bit 50-50 with fans, whether he should be on the go list as well. You know, all of us were looking for two centre-backs at least to come in during the summer last last year. So, um, to see the performances that they're, that, that they're showing, um, the professionalism, the confidence, the knowledge, you know, they've really, you can see that both of them, Davies and Dyer, and of course Romero, but they're, they're taking on all of Conte's tactics like a sponge. And they're loving it. You can see that them loving putting together the plans and and you know the little kind of interplay or the kind of um, responsibility. Right, you take responsibility there. I'll cover your back. And you you know the way that they're interchanging. I think they're thriving off of it. And they look like different players. And and they wouldn't be on the sell list right now. Not for me. You know. Yeah. Yes, we could bring in more centre backs or you know whatever Conte needs. Give him the tools and. You know, if he can do this with the Tottenham that we have now, with two signings in January, what could he do with a full preseason like the guys have already been saying 
and yep. a full box of tools, mate. A full box of tools. You know, everything that he needs to compete. That's exciting times for Tottenham. But right now is the test. So like Rob was saying there, let's not look to next season. We've still got a challenge on our hands. And, and we as fans and the boys, everyone has to stay focused on what this challenge is. This ain't over by a long shot. Don't you get it twisted. It is not over by a long shot. The Gooners have got some very tough games coming up. And once we burst their bubble on Thursday, let's see what happens. Let's see what type of reaction that they got out. So don't you worry. Let's concentrate on the job at hand. It ain't over yet. Well, after today's result, Tottenham Hotspur remain fifth in the Premier League. We've now played 35, which means we've only got three games left. We've won 19, drawn five, lost 11, got a goal difference of plus 20. We have 62 points. We're now just one point behind our North London rivals Arsenal in fourth with 63 points from 34 games, respectively. And of course, as you've said, Ricky, the North London derby is on Thursday. Um, Kim, when you look at that Premier League table, how are you feeling? Because we've secured at least... Europa League football for next season. Are you confident for Champions League football? Part of me is, I wouldn't want, listen, I know we should be speaking about Spurs, but if I was an Arsenal, being a Spurs, well, let's just take it in Spurs' perspective, I wouldn't want to be travelling to Newcastle away at their last home game on a Monday night with all the, you know, boozed up Geordies who know they're going to have a great season next season and much better than they have this year. Because before the Liverpool game, I think that, that listen, if, if if Arsenal go up there and get... If Arsenal get a result against us and go up there, they deserve the full spot. But that's going to be a bloody tough, tough place to go um, for me. So I think that is where we've just got to keep our, our chins up. And like obviously, we've got to look at what we're doing. I mean, I don't fancy us. I'm not relishing Burnley at home, 12 o'clock kickoff, if I'm honest, because we don't play well at lunchtime and we certainly don't play very well against Burnley. But, you know, we've got, you've just got to keep your, your, your chin up and just hope for the best for these things. But I just, let's get, listen, a nice little result against that mob on Thursday would set the ball rolling nicely, especially if we can put a couple past them. Um, confidence might sap out of them a bit, but we've got to look at what we're doing more because, as I said to you, no matter what, the, you know, we've still got Burnley at home and we've still got, and their teams we don't play great against. So all we've got to make sure, I think from our perspective, is we put in a great performance like we did tonight and we go on and we win our last streak and what will be, will be. Well, of course, our last three games, Arsenal at home, Burnley at home and Norwich City away. Arsenal play tomorrow on Sunday uh, home against Leeds. Then, of course, they've got Spurs away, Newcastle away and Everton at home. Um, in order, you know, even if Spurs win that North London derby on Thursday, Arsenal would still need to drop one point at least uh, for us to go in the top four. Rob, how are you feeling about that top four push? Well, I think it comes down to perspective a little bit, doesn't it? I think um, I don't think of the games outside uh, North London derby on Thursday. I don't think Arsenal win all three of them. I could see them drawing one or two. I think as uh, Kimberly was saying, like I used to live in Newcastle. And as you say, last home game of the season, Monday night as well. That will literally be like a bank holiday up there. That will be ridiculous. Like the whole town will be out. It will be huge. Um, they've got a really good home record as well. If if Arsenal win that, then as, as you say, Kim, it's like that's a fair enough. Like you know that that's a great result to go and do that. But I, I don't think they will. I think the the problem is it's. It, where this is so hard to predict is both of us are just inherently, I guess, if you go in for fourth or fifth, 
inconsistent teams. If you look at you look at all of our last six games, both sides, the teams we've lost to and the teams we've beaten, you, you wouldn't pick it out. Like the, the run they went on where they lost those three to Palace, uh, who was it, Southampton and Brighton, and then they beat, you know, United, Chelsea and West Ham. Um, so it's so hard to call. But then I, I even think Leeds tomorrow is a tricky game. Leeds, Leeds are favourites to get relegated at the moment. Um, they've got their, you know, I thought they actually did quite well against City. They got in behind City quite a lot. They've got their main defender, Cooper's back. He's he's come back from injury. And you think, you know, Rafinha up against that Tavares, who's, who's awful at left back. You, you, I, I, I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet against them. So, yeah, they could they could drop points there. But, um, yeah, but then likewise, we could lose to Burnley. So you just kind of like, oh, it's very hard to call. But, um I, th- I think we'll do it. I, th- I think we'll do it. I think exactly what Kim said. I think we'll win North London Derby. They'll drop points to Newcastle. We're going to the last game of the season. I think that put us a point ahead now, would it? Is that right? But Or, or level, but we'd be ahead on goal difference. And then, uh, yeah, just got to uh, beat Norwich away. And they even Everton. Everton could be fighting for survival as well. Last game of the season, they've hit a bit of form. So, I don't know. But I think we're going to do it. I, I just feel we're going to do it. But it all comes down to Thursday, really, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ricky, you've come on this show so often this season. You've always been confident for top four. Are you still feeling confident? Bro, I get more confident by the game, let me tell you. And do you know what? Seeing them... Look, do you know what? Let's look at Sonny right now. Did you see how Sonny walked off of that field today? He was knackered. He gave everything. And, you know, not only on the attacking front, but also chasing back. And every single one of those players done that today. And where I saw that they were up for the fight... Where I saw that their minds are set. This is Conte time, people. This is what happens. You know, we've got to the crunch times. And now normally, as Spurs fans, we know sometimes when it comes to the crunch, you know, it, it might not happen. But right now we've got Conte who has been working not only on the fitness, not only on the tactics, but he's been working on their mentality. He's been driving in this winning habit, this winning mentality. He's, you know, he, he, we know that he doesn't want to compete for just fourth, he wants to go for titles and he got, wants to go for uh, trophies, right? Um, but he has started to position this fourth spot as a trophy, as a, a as a league win, and and he's trying to get that into the boys' heads. So seeing him go go to work today, you know, Leicester was a different story. We had to beat Leicester, and yes, people might say they put out their B side, they had one eye on their on their own semi final and stuff like that, but. They, they were still a tough outfit who had been drilled, you know, that have had a couple of seasons under Brendan Rodgers now. So they, they know their jobs. So it wasn't an easy night. You know, we still had to work for it. It wasn't given to us on the plate. So today was the test because, again, nobody gave us a shot at, at getting anything from Anfield, you know. So for us to show that type of effort, for them to be as knackered as they was, for them to be disappointed and feel a little bit stung and, and, and you know, a bit deflated in the changing room after that game, that gives me great kind of confidence and great hope now. And, and it's topped up my belief even more because tomorrow when those guys wake up, they're going to be honest. They know what game's next. Do you know what I mean? Conte, you know, not only has he won leagues all over the world, but he's played international as well. He's a passionate Italian, right? We know, we know he's a serial winner. He's going to be so up 
for this Guna game and for the next couple of games after that. But this Guna game is going to show us what Conte is about. And these boys are going to be up for it. They're going to be buzzing for Thursday. They, I bet you half of them can't wait for training to, to get the plan crack-a-lacking and get it ready for Thursday. Do you know what I mean? So this is Conte time, people. You know, let's, let's, we have to back them even more now. Whoever's going to the game, whoever's lucky enough to be there, you know, if something doesn't go our way, just stick with them. Keep roaring them on because this is Conte time. It ain't over till it's over. And it's going to be our time. I can feel it. I can feel it, Chris. Kim, Kim you, can, you can tell why I have Ricky on so often on this channel, can't you? Would you be a motivational speaker? <laughs> no wonder you don't have Costa on too much. <laughs> He's another man. No, do you know of Ricky's points there, though? And I, I do think... Conti's been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And I just hope, and I do think, you know, I, I do fancy us on Thursday. I think, I'm just hoping we've got over them little stumbling blocks. I mean, I, I do think we played so well today. I just, you know, it's just, oh, I don't quite know how to put it, but like, I just, I don't, well, as I said to you, it's down to the hands of the gods now, but I've got quite a good feeling deep down as well, but I don't like to say that because when I but I fear Burnley at home. That's what I fear for us yeah. more than any any game we've got to play. You know, it's just why don't we play well at lunchtime, especially at home? It's like they've all gone out for a curry and a few beers tonight. <laughs> Like, I tell you what, Kim. I've, I've, I've just realised. Anyway, you've been on here twice this season, and that was a win against Manchester City at the Etihad, and now a one-one draw against Liverpool. I think you ought to come on a little bit more often. Yeah, <laughs> bigger away games. But another point that that I want to pick up on that um, that Ricky said was like just early on, like Conte, like the way he's changed things, and that I think next season. If he's given the tools early on, especially, like, I think whatever early, you know, if if, if Levy can get him, he's, he's, he's uh, the two main signings are free, whatever he wants early. And, like, obviously, it's just that last day window thing. But that that's not the question, really, is it, tonight? So, but, um, no, but I just worry. I think I just worry. I just worry that because Connie's been so good. I just and he's changes. You know, I I remember when he first. I think it was on my first interview with you, Chris, and I said to you, you you can't polish a turd, or I said it to someone, and kind of polished quite a lot, really. You know, and it, it just makes me wonder if something else come up. Like, is he gonna? But I'm hoping we've showed him enough, and the battle that was something that I wanted to pick up on with, with Ricky. Yeah. The way the players went off disappointed, the way Sonny looked. I only a bit of the interviews. I haven't watched them all yet. But Sonny was like, he was gutted, you know. That's a good mentality to have. You're yeah. not celebrating a 1-1 draw at Liverpool, even though, you know, you know that was good. The players looked disappointed. And that's a good, as, and as Ricky said, that's a good thing for Thursday. You know, they know what they've got to do. And now let's go to work, you know. That, that's why. That's one reason why I feel so proud tonight as well, exactly what Ricky said earlier. Um, Kim, let's stay with you a second. Um, Richard writes on the screen now, Emerson Royale, take a bow. Great game, lad. Um, he is one of the players that gets a lot of stick, particularly on social media from Spurs fans. Um, you know, we, we've already spoken about how well the Tottenham Hotspur defence played. He, he had a big part in that, didn't he? Well, I mentioned him earlier when you said, like, um, when you were talking about the actual game, I said, what a great game. It was the best game I've seen him have in a Spurs shirt. I mentioned, mentioned Ben Davis too. Um, 
but he, he had a great game for me. And do you know what? He's a young lad. He's cut. Listen, I, I'm not sure he's going to be, you know, the answer for next season. Like, especially like as the, as the sort of wing back role we want to play. But he's a young lad. He's come from a different country. There's nobody else. Obviously, whether they've tried any other players in that position in training, whether they've tried Mora in it or Bergwin, whatever they've tried, they obviously think that. That, that Emerson is that is the best bet for now. And I've seen his confidence growing a little bit over, you know, he's putting his yeah. little stuff up. He's a young lad at the end of the day and he, he seems a nice lad and he's someone that you kind of will to do well, you know. He seems like he's got a good attitude and a positive attitude and I'm kind of like egging him on to do well, the lad. But I thought, listen, that could have been like, he could have been like a, like a rabbit caught in the headlights tonight and he wasn't, you know. He, he held his own. And he had a bloody good... I mean, I did laugh at his cross, what led to... reminded <laughs> me of Graham Roberts, who put it out when I, when I was growing up. But I thought he put a good performance. I mean, you know, he never let us down at all, really. Do you know? And good luck to him. I hope he does well, the lad. I'm not sure I'd describe that as a cross, though, Kim. <laughs> well, it was, it was, he sort of earned it, and it ended up where we wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, let's come to you. Roy Wright's uh, here, and uh, I, I, I was going to mention this. As Antonio Conte said a few uh, games ago, if you can't win, make sure you don't lose. Today was a prime example that the players are learning from him. Um, I can't praise Antonio Conte enough, but the mentality going into those players, and as Kim and Ricky have already said, the likes of Hunmin Son coming off, uh, you know, and he even said after the game how disappointed he was that Spurs didn't win. Um, is this going to be our time under a great manager? You know, we've gone from Pochettino to Jose Mourinho to Antonio Conte. Surely the trophies must be coming soon and, uh, you know, Spurs be successful. Uh, well, I'd like to say yes. <laughs> but, you know... Um, I th- Am I going overboard? <laughs> my, my thing I keep thinking as well, and this is why I think, like, you know, there's this whole, are we going to back Conte thing? And I just think, absolutely. I think Levy, at the end of the day, he's, he's a very smart man. Whether you agree with, like, all the decisions he made, he, he's he, he's a clever bloke. And you just kind of think, if not now, then when? When, when do you go? You've got everything in place. You've got Son and Kane, who are like... You know, this pushing 30 now, but they're right in the prime of their careers, world class. You've got them ready to go. You got a world we've kind of landed this world-class manager, a bit kind of, you know, more by luck than judgment. And the stadium's kind of built that for a while. I was like, well, we can't invest because we've got the stadium to do. And then we've had COVID, but now that's kind of look like we're past that. And so you kind of go, this has got to be it. And you think as well, Levy. Um, it, all his ducks are kind of in a row here. So you kind of think, yeah, full season with Conte. And and I always think as well with, you know, all this worry about backing Conte. Do you remember how toxic the atmosphere was at that United game where, the, where they yeah. beat us and there was the, the whole crowd just turned and apparently the reports were like, Levy was there and he, he was, that's why they sacked him because he was so shocked how yeah. toxic it had gotten. And so he, you think, blimey, that was that was because we'd hired Nuno and he was about to sub off Lucas Moura who'd run around a lot. Imagine if he lets the one of the greatest managers ever leave because we won't give him enough, you know, we won't buy him a new uh, like backup striker or something. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all in place. It's all in place. That's what kind of kind of it feels right. It, it, it feels like it, the pieces of the jigsaw are ready and we're ready to go. And you say as well, and the, the content game plan is working. Sometimes you get these big managers and they come in and you go, 
it, it hasn't quite happened for whatever reason. You know, look at like Rangnick going into United and everyone was like, here we go. He's the guy, the, the man who invented football and he's going to get them all gag and pressing within like two training sessions. And it, and it didn't happen. And it, 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 it's worked and the players have bought into it. The fans have all bought into it. And you kind of think, yeah, it's, it, it's there. It's, it's there to happen and all the pieces of the puzzle are ready to go. When you mention Nuno there, Rob, it feels like a very long season, doesn't oh, it? Oh, mate. I can't believe it. I cannot believe we had Nuno. <laughs> Nuno. I, I, someone, he's been linked with the Watford job, hasn't he? And it came up on my timeline. And I was like, remember when we used to have him as a... Hang on, that was only six months ago. It feels like about 10 years ago, doesn't it? Um, and, 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 yeah. and I don't ever mean it disrespectfully either, but so many times on this channel, I always say, we've gone from Pochettino to Jose to Conte. I always seem to forget uh, Nuno or, or probably want to forget. I just remember. I just remember that that little bit, that poor little video, his unveiling video, and he's like, and he's nearly in tears, and he's like, "We're gonna make you so proud." Yeah, like, yeah. Six weeks later, he was gone. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're feeling proud now. We're feeling proud yeah. now under contract. That's it. That's exactly it. Ricky, let's come to you. Um, I'm not going to talk through all of the first half chances because Liverpool had so many opportunities in that first 45 minutes. They had 11 shots, but only two on target. Spurs had three shots and one on target. Um, be honest with me. How are you feeling at that halftime stage? I mean, it was anxious. You could see that Liverpool putting on more and more and more pressure. And they, you know, you could see that they wanted to score. But what I really liked was the, the fight that the boys were that they put into the game and, and they that they put into the game plan. You could see Hugo being commanding in his box, you know, any everything that came in, he was, he, he had it under control. Um, you know, Liverpool are a dangerous side whenever you play them. They've got an extremely talented squad and they've, they've got an extremely attractive way of playing and it's tough. But the boys were, they knew they were all drilled. And like, even there, you were talking about you know, Emerson and, and Sessegnon, both of them right now have been handed responsibility. So before they've got a fight for their spot, right? They've got Doherty there, they've got Regulon there. Every week or so they're fighting, they're trying to put in a good performance, but they can rely almost on the fact that if they have a shocker, then the other one's going to come in and they're going to play the next couple of games and, oh, I can work on my game in training. But these two right now are the only fullbacks, wingbacks that we've got and it's it, the responsibility has been put on their shoulders. Show up. What do you want to do? Are you up for this fight? Do you know what I mean? Like, show us what you've got. Show us what you've been doing in training. Show us how brave you can be. Don't be scared of the opponent. Let the opponent be scared of you. Let them worry about you. Don't don't worry about him. Go. Do what needs to be done. When it's time to defend, you know, sit in. When it's time to go forward, you know, bomb it. Do what you need to do. Get the crosses in. And I think it didn't, not every moment went to plan with the fullbacks, but I, I think it, it, it was a good showing. It was a great assist from Cesc, you know, to, to, to Sonny to score today. I thought that that's going to give him confidence. That's going to help him bounce on. Do you know what I mean? That's going to keep him kind of listening to Conte and what the plans are, you know, and how he can improve. That's going to spur him on, you know. So, um I think that was really confident. And then to see Emerson playing solidly, you know, like, all right, some things went past him and he, sometimes he got doubled up on, but he played like he was strong. He was strong today. He, he was up for the fight. So that's just a, a kind of like an example of what the whole team were giving today. So, um, yeah, look, when it was getting towards the end of the half, it did look like 
Liverpool were were going to do something, but I was confident in the boys that they were at least going to hold out into half time. Kim, let's come to you in the second half. Um, I wrote down here in the first three minutes we gave away the ball three times um, in really um, poor areas. Uh, giving Liverpool a number of opportunities. Um, Eric Dyer made a good clearance. Christian Romero made a good clearance. But then, of course, in the 56th minute, Hunmin Son put us 1-0 up. The ball came from Hugo Lloris, went to Emerson Royale. Um, you described it as a cross um, to Harry Kane. Went out to Ryan Sessegnon, crossed for Hunmin Son to tap home. Uh, a wonderful team goal, wasn't it? It was, and I'm giving him the cross because he's tried so hard. Don't be so cruel, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Do you know what I mean? He's had that'll be on his highlights on Twitter tomorrow. You can't. Find <laughs> <it>. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> true, true. He's gonna put that as an assist. You know what? The man. No, do you know what? Like, and I'm not mocking him. I want that lad to do well. He's only young. Mm. Do you know what I'm mm. But yeah, no, we um, yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great goal, and it was what well, I was just hoping, like what, what Ricky just went back to. Like, obviously, the pressure was on us. I was just hoping we'd get to half-time and it was goalless, you know? And then we came out and there was more pressure on us. But, like, yeah, and when we got the goal, our confidence did did seem to grow. And, like, we felt like we could get more. Like, you know, we we, we nearly... There was, there was another opportunity in that second half. And that, it was an Emerson cross that did go a bit wrong. But, like, if only that cross would have been better. The one that hit Sun. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it went on, and then hit Sun. If that cross was that, that was another goal for me. Rob, let's come to you. Let's, let, let's stay talking about that goal. Um, Hunmin Son now has scored twenty Premier League goals this season, um, a record high in the Premier League for the the South Korean star. What have you made of Hunmin Son's season? Oh, he's he's been unbelievable, hasn't he? He's 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 been like um, the, the the thing about him where I think maybe this season is slightly different. Can you remember for for years we were always like um, he's quite a patchy player. So you'd be like you know you'd have three or four games he'd be brilliant. You'd have two or three where he, he wasn't that great, and he he's kind of kept that up a little bit. Where it, when was it? It was about I don't know a month ago where he had those few games where he's kind of like the, he he was miscontrolling the ball quite a lot. But but this season he's kept scoring all the way through. He's been he's been so solid. He's turned into like a, a proper proper goal scorer, and it's it, it's always been that thing, isn't it? Where you kind of go, oh, I feel a bit sorry for Son because he's always been in Kane's shadow. But this season, he's been our main guy. He's been he's been our best player. If you if you had to say, you know, who, it, not who's the first name on the team sheet, but he's he he he's the guy. You know, if if there it flashed up like there's been an injury in training or something, you you'd be like, not Son, not Son. He's he, he's he's the guy who's going to win his games and get his goals. Um, and yeah, and he's just been um. He's been so good. And he's just so dangerous. That's the thing. When he's just on that high line, there, there are quite a few times even today where you just, you can tell the defenders are just looking around. Like Canate just kept like looking around and was like, where is this guy? Um, yeah. Because he just times his runs so well. And, you know, he's, um yeah, he's he's been brilliant. He's been our, our best player. He's been our best player this season. And, um, you know, he's definitely, it's it's, it's not a case of, in Kane's shadow anymore, I think. I think we're lucky to have two of the best players in the league, two, two of the best players in Europe, and I, I think they're as good as each other, to be honest. Ricky, what did you make of uh, uh, Dijan Kuliszewski's performance this evening? I thought he'd done well. I thought he'd done well. He's a strong boy. Um, he didn't have his one of his best games, but I thought he, he kept a task. 
it, it was a tough game for him. Like we've said many a time, you know, Liverpool put on the pressure. So there's a lot of time that he was running back as well and, and helping cover Emerson or, you know, to or cover the overlap and stuff like that. But he showed bundles of energy. He showed bundles of fight. Um, I, I still always think with Kulu right now that he, he could find a dangerous pass or a dangerous cross at the right time. And um, he was worth his minutes. He was definitely worth his minutes. Um, I, I've been loving Kulu this year. Uh, I just love the attitude of the boys today, honestly, really. Um, all of them are stepping up. And all of them are showing, especially Conte on the sidelines, that he can do stuff with this team. You know, um, it's, 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 I was just happy, mate. I was just happy with Kulu. I ain't got no criticisms to say to him. Um, you know, if he has a dip, he's, he, he can afford a dip because he's, give, he's given so much and he will continue to give so much. As Conte said the other day, he's a Tottenham player. You know, um, the paperwork's pretty much done, but he's a Tottenham player and, and he he's already counting on him, not just for the rest of this season's fight, but for next season as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, the more he plays, the better he gets, man. So just stay on it. Stay on it, Kulu. Stay on it. I think he was probably our most fouled player this evening against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kim, let's come to you. In the, in the 74th minute, Liverpool equalised through Diaz, uh, went past a couple of players, then defect, deflected off Benton Kerr. Um, a shame, really, wasn't it? That was the most disappointing. As, as I said to you earlier, Chris, if that goal would have been a worlder, you'd take it on the chin, you know? But the fact it was a deflection, and we defended so well, really, throughout the game, that that's the most disappointed thing to take. I think that that you know we've letting a goal by a deflection. I don't think we deserved it on the performance, but then again, I mean swings and roundabouts. We sucked up a lot of pressure. They at the bar in the first. Then again, we at the post. So you know it swings and roundabouts, on it. But but um, yeah. Rob, let's come to you. Um, in the 78th minute, um, Sanchez come on, Sessegnon went off. Um, ben Davis then went out to the left. Um, what did you make of that decision? Because Conte done exactly the same thing at Brentford. Yeah, well, I, I think it's just it's just a because um, Liverpool really did it. I, I was actually I was quite surprised how few little openings Liverpool actually made. Like a lot, a lot of the ones in the first yeah. half where we were like, it was you know us giving the ball away in a dangerous position. They didn't actually work that much. Um, and so it, they literally just seem to resort to like that's what get the ball out to Trent and Trent try and put put, put a ball in and like same with they literally put Simicast on didn't they and just said just get down the byline and put a ball in so I think Conte was just like right Sanchez is you know one of if not the best headers in the squad was right let's get him in the box and it, it goes back to that Conte thing doesn't it of like you know it'd be great to be in to, to nick a winner but it would be so deflating if they score now if if they were mm-hmm. to get like a cheap header off a corner or something it would have been a real like with with Thursday as well it would have been a real like deflating kind of thing and so i think it's it's that it's that like you know it's great to win but do not lose and i kind of I, I i i didn't mind it at all so some people going why aren't we getting bergwijn on but i just thought they're getting so many crosses in the box here let's just get him on let's let's see this out and we we still got a chance I kept thinking we'd make a chance anyway. We we did in the last in the last kind of couple of minutes. It was like one of those where you like you you just know there's one more chance in this. Um, but yeah, I was I, I thought it made sense and it worked. It worked. You know they kept pumping those balls in and Dyer Sanchez Romero they're just headering. Did you see that header? Was it was it Romero made at one point 
where he literally did like he sprinted about eight yards and did full length diving head defensive header. Oh yeah. Like it's sort of like like kind of like four foot off the ground, just absolutely catapulted himself. It was great. Um but yeah, no, I I thought it made sense. I thought and and it worked. Rob, let's stay with you because even at 1-1, Spurs did have a number of opportunities to win the game. In the 87th minute, Hunmin Son on the counter-attack, he had so many options up there with him. Um, He he, he kind of slowed the game down a little bit and and then give it to Ben Davis, who then shot over the bar. Um, Correct decision for you, giving it to Ben Davis, because he seems to have so many options on then. Yeah, I think I think he was just shattered, wasn't he? He was so tired. I think that was it, you know, and it was another, and he like got there, and I think that was a guy, you know, and he put a slightly a bit too much on the pass, and I-, I was thinking just use the runner Davis cut in, and then do your do your curler for the for, for the far corner, um, but uh, but yeah, there were chances, and then there were a few little actually after we scored, there were a few little half chances where like Emerson, who I thought was brilliant, but there were a couple of times he kind of got in. And it, I just don't think he has it in in his locker, that kind of just like great little ball across the front, like whip it into the corridor of uncertainty. I don't think he's quite got it. And there are a few of those, few of those little options. Um, but yeah, oh man, that would have been great. Can you imagine Sonny dropping the shoulder, top corner, wins it. But yeah, just I, I think he just ran out of steam by that point. He looks shattered. Ricky, Stephen Bergvine on in the 91st minute. Um, of course, he's come out in the last week or so stating that it's probably highly likely he's going to move on in the summer because he's just not simply playing any minutes at Spurs. Is it unfair on him to to get such little time again and again? Hey, listen, I, I mean, I, I think Bergwin, you know, he's come to us young. Um, I think there's a hell of potential in him. I think he can dribble. I think he's got a turn of pace. I think he's strong. I think he can shoot. Um, I think he can be a very dangerous player in the future. But... I would like him to be the first sub on at least, especially after the Leicester game, uh, when was it, end of January, beginning of February, where he came on and he scored those two against Leicester to to, to make it a winner for us. And then he's gone away to international um, duty and he's done fantastic for them, scored in both of their games, I think, I can't remember. But basically, I know know he was on hot form. So coming back, it's tough, right? Because right now we've got balance up front. Right now, you, you, you can't drop Sonny. He's Mr. Tottenham, you know, as Ramon Vegas says, you know, said to us, what was it, last week that he doesn't get enough credit, you know. So he, and, and Vega calls him Mr. Tottenham. So you can see that he's Mr. Tottenham. He's our most reliable player. He's goal scoring, like Rob said, you know, he's a dangerous, dangerous guy. So you can't really drop him. You're not ever going to drop Harry Kane either, you know. He, he can do anything, whether that's uh, Kevin De Bruyne cross stroke pass or whether knock one in from 30 yards or, you know, uh, he can do anything, you know, Harry. And Kulu's come in and given us balance right there. You know, Bergwin had, and it's unlucky for him because every time he got a run of games, he, he would get injured and then he'll be out for a minute and then he's got to fight his way back in and other people were in front of him at that point. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. So I would like him to get more minutes. I think he's a dynamite player. I would like him to even stay with us. Next year, we're going to have five subs in the league. So, you know, he could be a very dangerous um, option for us. Um, but if his head's turn and he's not showing it in training or, or Conte doesn't trust him, then we've got to trust Conte. You know, we can only, we, we can trust, we, we can only trust any decision and what he sees. And this is what we mean by back Conte, not just back him in the transfer market, but back his decisions and back his eye and, 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 and back what he thinks, you know? So 
he said it's unfair for Bergwin. Um, he would like to give him more, but it is what it is right now. We've got comments here saying Ricky looks like Michelle Vaughan, and we've got comments saying that uh, that Rob looks like Rodrigo Benton Kerr. Have you heard those ones before, we'll boys? That. No, I haven't. I'll take that though. That, I like that as well. I, yeah, I get, I'll get, I'll get the Michelle Vaughan going. Uh, as long as I don't say I look like Kathy Burt, we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, let's come to you. Um, in the 94th minute, Tottenham had a glorious chance. Harry Winks crossed to Pierre Mujoybier. What should Pierre uh, Mujoybier? What should he have done, Kim? Oh, no. oh. For the net, stuck it in the back of the net. I mean, what was? What well, he had such a good game. I don't want to knock him, you know. And I thought the shot he had that hit the post, he took it really well. But what was he thinking? I mean, you just you just put it in there. You know, it's just, uh, you know, what can you say? But like it, yeah, he just, that was, that, that was the golden opportunity to win, wasn't it? You know, I don't know. I don't know. What, but then again, I mean, I can't say what he was thinking, but obviously he weren't thinking right. But he should have maybe thought Harry would finish it. I don't know. Maybe where he did the post of the first one, who knows? But like, no, I think. Listen, he only had to he only had to put it goalwards. It was in. Oh. Yeah, Rob, how how are you feeling at that point? Ninety fourth minute, Pierre Mujoybier. Oh, I'm absolutely gutted <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, I just. I felt for him because do you know what? It was almost like one of those where he, he he had a bit of time, didn't he? Because it was like beat the offside track. Lovely ball by Harry Winks, by the way. What a what a what a great yeah. little sub that would have been. Cameo coming on, putting that in, and um, he uh, I I think he did that thing where he saw it coming. He saw Kane. He thought, here we go, here we go, and he slightly snatched at it, and it just like too much was going through his head. Whereas I think if you just thought, yeah. Down, down into the ground, sort of near post. It would have just skidded under Allison. Um, yeah, it was, it was annoying. It, it, it felt like it felt like the sort of Kane, Kane last minute winner against City. It kind of felt like it was there, didn't it? Mm. And uh, but yeah, but uh, as you say, it's one of those we can't really get annoyed. It's not it's beautifully worked move. It was really good, and and we're going there. And we made we made you know the best chances of the game at Anfield. Who's who's the last team who's gone and done that? Um, you know what. City and they conceded two goals and we only conceded one to a deflection, and uh, yeah, and Hoiberg played really well. That's that that that's the kind of thing where you just kind of like, you know, if if, if you're gonna have a player who's who's that good defensively and organising, you know, kind of a midfield like that, it, 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 he's probably not going to be the greatest finisher in the world as well. So it just kind of kind of comes with it, I think. But yeah, as you say, it, it's the fact it was so late, wasn't it? If that had happened in the first ten minutes, you kind of go, ah, oh, well, but it's it's that you sort of saw the headlines didn't you but yeah it was it was it was annoying Ricky what have you made of Hoybier this season I think he's had a bit of an up and down season but what I love about Hoyberg is that he gives everything you know even when he shattered even when he didn't really have a midfield partner you know uh, I'm talking like under uh, Mourinho or uh, the season no yeah under Mourinho um, and he was doing everybody's work and he would knacker himself out but, but you look at the reliability that every manager's put in him. You know, Mourinho started him near enough every game. He was the midfield general under him, played every single game. Um, and then under Nuno, pretty much played every single game. And then under Conte, he's pretty much played every single game, you know. And not only that, for the, for, for the, um, the internationals as well. Again, you know, he was almost like 
Captain Fantastic, you know what I mean? So he's he's a reliable uh, player. Um, he gives every single thing. He leaves everything on the pitch. He, he does what is needed for the team. It would have crowned off a, a great performance, I think, today. I mean, he wasn't 100%. Yes, there, there, there are things that he could have done better, maybe a stronger pass or, you know, maybe a little look or maybe a little header towards goal. But I felt that he put in so much effort and energy to cover that midfield and to break up play and to and to try and kind of create chances or create moments from from nothing that I, I think he goes a bit under the radar. I think sometimes he gets a bit too much sick. He's, he's a really good player and he, he's been improving under Conte. And now that he's got a partner that he can trust in Bentenker, you know, he can trust him to sit when Pierre goes forward and vice versa. And to have somebody that you can trust and not worry about him, not have to cover him, allows him to kind of express himself even more. So, you know, it would have been the, the cherry on the cake today if he would have scored. And I would have loved it if he scored today. Um, and it might get a few people off his back. But, you know, he gives he gives everything for Tottenham. He loves it. Kim, with, with the very weird season we've had, and, and I use that word weird because it's been so up and down, and of course, Rob mentioned Nuno Espirito Santo earlier, and then of course, Conte come in. Um, would you be happy at the end of the season if Spurs qualified just for the Europa League? Uh, yeah, in a way. If Conte stays, yeah, yeah, I'd be happy with that. I'd have taken that. Especially when we employ, I mean, the Nuno um, appointment was madness for me. Honestly, I just, I really didn't see, I just didn't see what we saw in the man or not knocking him. I know he did all right at Wolves, but like Jesus wept, he's not Spurs. <laughs> I know he's a player and I'm not, you know, he just, I just didn't, you know, you know, about Tottenham for me and he just, he just, I just didn't get what at all. And uh, he, he was uncharismatic. Everything about him, his interviews. And, I mean, that was funny what he come out to with the goalkeeper, Supper Celtic now. Like, he must have been quite blunt and all. I mean, I don't know how people took that. But I just I just didn't get him at all. I didn't get the appointment. Obviously, we was grasping at straws, I think, when we didn't get the managers that we wanted at the time. Um, but, but, like, you know, Obviously, has turned it around, and we just got we we just got to hope we can keep it. But Nuno, to me, was a, was just a nightmare appointment, and I thought, what are they thinking? Um, you know, it would be. I mean, there's rumour of him. I think going to Burnley now, it'd be far more suited up there. I don't think he'd be buying your books based on your comments about him. Kim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I once wrote about someone about him, and he wrote it. He in the chick king across the road. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, let's come to it you. Was... Rob, let's come to you. Um, talking about the Europa League, the difference between the Champions League and the Europa League. Um, is it is it the fact that Arsenal are sitting in fourth? You know, would a lot of Spurs fans be happy with a fifth uh, place finish this season, particularly you know the season that we've had? Um, would you be happy with the Europa League spot? I, I think that's it. It's just it's Arsenal, isn't it? I think if people yeah. say like United weren't such a like absolute basket case of a club. Say they just kind of, you know, pulled it together and, and just put a run of games in 
and ended up getting fourth. And we, you know, you'd kind of go, wow, okay, fifth, take that. And you've got all the promising, all the promise of next season. But it's just going to be, it's that, isn't it? If they get it. And I, I just don't, I don't even think they're that good, but they obviously win games. But, you know, that's that's the thing to be fair to them. They've got is that they just have, they they do have a bit of a knack of winning games. They're good at, they're good at seeing out teams they should be up until lately. Um, but yeah, that's it. That that would be the thing to lose to, for, for them to do it, and then watch them on you know like Tuesday, or Wednesday nights, and getting all excited. And then I think I think that's the one thing about the Europa League is if you just think, imagine what it'd be like that first Champions League night back at the stadium. Like how long have we yeah. been out now as well? Three, three, four seasons, something like that. Um, and you'd think how excited it would be, whereas. If we were, you know, the, when the Europa League starts up again, it'd be a bit like, all right, here we go. <laughs> who, 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 who are we playing tonight? I don't know. I'll have to Wikipedia them. Okay, you know. Um, and it just wouldn't, it wouldn't quite have that same buzz. Whereas, yeah, like group stages of Champions League were just, that that would be so exciting. You'd be looking forward to it. You'd be counting down the days. Um, so e- even though it would still be great, as you say, all the exciting of Conte stays, fifth as well. It's enough to attract good players with a bit of money. It would just be then what, watching watching them lot do the big Champions League nights and just be all smug. That'd be that'd be a bitter pill to swallow, wouldn't it? It is only two years without Champions League football, Rob. I know it, oh, is I, it? I know it feels I know it feels like three or four, but um we were playing Leipzig away when when COVID hit and then uh, of course it was of the course, lockdown yeah. after that. Um but yeah it, it just feels like you know three or four years as you've said. Um Rob, let's stay with you. Do, do you think that if we were in the Europa League um, and not the Champions League, would it affect the types of players that Antonio Conte would sign for Spurs? Or, you know, does is, is Conte the pull for the players anyway? Um, I, I think it would a bit. I think, I think not necessarily because they wouldn't want to come. I think you then, uh, it's just a competition because, you know, t- teams are so good at identifying uh, the, the right players and you obviously have super agents shopping them around when they're ready for a move. And so I, I find it really interesting at the moment. If you look at almost all our targets we're linked with, like Arsenal, Arsenal are linked. It's always Spurs and Arsenal are both looking at this player. Yeah. And so you kind of go, well, if one of them has Champions League, that'd be a good sway. But on the other hand, I would say as well, you know, we managed to get Christian Romero, who he's not like a like a gem that we we discovered out of nowhere. He was Serie A player of the season last season. He won like the South American tournament and we were in the conference league and had Nuno Splito Santo, uh, to quote Kim, Jesus wept, and we managed to somehow get him. <laughs> so I don't I, I think it makes it a little bit harder, but you get there's still good players out there. There's a lot, there's a lot of good players. Uh, that you can go and get. And again, that's where, you know, having Paratici, I think you kind of feel a bit more confident. You've got a guy who, you know, has all these connections and, and, and knows his stuff. And you kind of think, all right, then let's go go out and find us some players, go and find us another Kulazewski. Ricky, if you think about it, we've already improved on last season because, of course, we qualified for the Europa um, Conference League. So we will now only play Champions League or Europa League. Are you happy with our season so far? I mean... <laughs> Chris, we've gone through so much as a side. Do you know what I mean? The way that last season finished, you know, the 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 cup final, Mourinho sacking, the, the Super League. Like, we went how many months or weeks or days without a manager? You know, uh, 
we was linked to everyone. <clears throat> we got excited about Poch coming back. We got excited about Conte turning up. And then we end up with Nuno Espirito Santo. We think it's going to be all downhill. We win against Man City. You know, we win the next two games. And then we have four London derbies and, and a terrible, I think, a, a Villa game. But we were just all over the place. And, they, you know, if I was at, at that point, if I was thinking about it, I, I honestly thought that we're probably... You know, with with Harry's head being elsewhere as well, like the the, the only positive really that we had going into that into the beginning of the season was Sonny signing his contracts, Romero signing, and then we got an, another right back, Emerson, and, um, and 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 we was hoping that we could start to build something. But the way I saw it back then was like we're probably going to finish tenth. You know, I would mm. love to finish sit. You know, at that point, Europa League was was the hype. Because there was no way we was going to finish in the top four. You know, there was no way. United had just brought Ronaldo back. They always spend money. Man City, Chelsea, Champions League, you know, Super Cup. You know, uh, Liverpool, different planet. So if I was thinking back then, especially under Nuno, I, was, I, was, I probably would have been like, we're, we're probably going to finish it within the top 10. We're not really going to do much, you know. And I think the majority of us are going to be happy that we're not in Conference League again. But... It all switched come November. Like that, that Man United loss, however painful and hurtful and however toxic it was at that time, Rob, you were saying earlier there, but it's, it's done us the biggest favour because we ended up actually working. Like we ended up, instead of speaking, action started happening and we went and got Conte and, you know, Paratici and Conte can now build what they wanted to build and straight away, January comes. And it's not only the ones that we've brought in, which we've highlighted very, very much, but not only was Paratici backed, but Conte was backed in January by Levy, by getting rid of those four players. You know, we normally, we would hold out for an astronomical fee on certain players, but we got rid of Delhi on a free. You know, we got rid of Ndombele and Lo Celso on, on loans. Uh, we, and we put out we put out Brian Hill to kind of get game experience and build up some strength, etc. But those players we spent a lot of money on. And majority of the time, a chairman is going to say, you know what, they might not be working right now, but sort it out, work it out. We spent a lot of money on them. You know, we're going to lose out. But he trusted Conte and he trusted the plan that was happening. And those, those players have moved on and two players come in that were ready made fit for not only prim, the Premier League, but for Conte and his systems. He's going he's gonna to do wonders next year, bro. So for us to finish, if we finish in a Europa League, that was our hype back then. It would be disappointing that we missed out. And if the Gooners yeah. do it, that's the biggest disappointment. But really and truly, how far have we come? We've seen, we've always said, Chris, me and you, especially on this show, as long as we see progression in our yeah. side. And that is what we have seen. We have seen progression. How much excitement are we going to have, regardless of what competition we're in next year, when, to- when Conte's got a full toolbox and, he- and he's going to be building that toolbox for the league, not for the cup. He's going to be building it for the league. So, you know, like we've progressed. We're in a great, we're going in a great direction. So let's keep it going. Trust in him and let's keep it going. Kim, who's... Uh... Who's impressed you the most since Antonio Conte's come in? Who do you think Conte has improved the most in this Spurs squad? Not just this evening, uh, you know, not just the performance this evening, but over that last six months. 
I think most of the players have shown massive improvement in front of them. I mean, Ben, ben Davis, I'd say, if I'm honest. Um, I think Dyer like, has played well under previous managers, but I think Davis has come on leaps and bounds. He's always played really well for Wales, but like, I think he's come on leaps and bounds un under Conte, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with him. See, Kim, you're turning really positive on this show now. I am. <laughs> and I... And I am, I am, and do you know what? I've still got a good feeling about that top. I have got a good feeling because I, mm. I just think Newcastle away on a Monday night with a load of boozy Geordies is going to be very. It depends what we win beforehand, but I do. But I just hope Conti is there next season. It, it, you know, going back to a few things Ricky said, he's done so much since he's come. I'd love to see him with that full toolbox for one season, but. One thing we've got to do, and I love the noises he's been making lately, but we need this and we need that because we've not really had that manager before to give, you know, listen, I'm not knocking Daniel Levy. He's done a, he's done a wonderful job over Spurs in the years, but what we are lacking is, is trophies and that final push. And when it comes to deadline day, you know, we've got there a lot of times, especially like, you know, in the January, we just need that one or two players to, to give us that little push. And there's so many times where I think we could have won the bloody league if we'd done it. And we've not done it. But Conti's loud. He's outspoken. I love his attitude towards everything, you know, the way he throws his toys out the prayer mirror and there, everything. If, if, if he don't kick, you know, if, if, if Levy can't work with him, and give us what we want, then we might as well give up our season tickets, I think. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. you know, it's even now or never, isn't it? As Elvis once sung, let's be perfectly honest. And it is because we've, you know, I was always, I mean, I slapped my season ticket. And I think I've told you before, after 30, 35 years, when, when Potch wasn't backed and then sacked, that was when I gave it up. And I don't regret it because I can't get there a lot now. I, I can always get a ticket when I want and I'll go in my mate's box a lot. But... I just think it's, you know, with someone like Conte, what he's done, it's now or never to, to back a manager. And you can't leave it till the last five minutes of deadline day. You've got to get him what he wants a bit earlier so he can work with him in pre-season and let's start the season where he's worked with these players and, you know, let's go. Well, in the last couple of days, Antonio Conte said, if you want to win something, for sure, you need players at the top, not medium-level players. A lot of people talk about winning mentality, but when you get the winning mentality, it becomes a drug and you want to repeat it. Rob, do you think Antonio Conte will be backed the way that he wants to be backed in the summer for next season? Yeah, I, th I think he will. And I think he has to be. I th as we sort of mentioned before, like I, I think... I think exactly as Kim was saying as well, we're kind of, as fans, you kind of, there's only so much you can kind of take. And there've been, as you say, quite a few missed opportunities to really kick on. And there's always been an excuse. It's always been other stadium or, you know, are we going to con consolidate? We don't want to, we don't want to do like a Leeds from the back in the day and overspend. We've got to be self-sustaining. It's always been this kind of thing. Whereas now it kind of feels like, it, it, it's all in place. Conte is there. He's, he sounds, he's, I can't see him walking away as well from Conte. You kind of think you've done the hard bit, mate. You've done the hard bit. You've come in, you've kind of whipped them into shape. You've got, you've got these players playing out of their skin, like above their level. You've done the hard bit. Like why would you walk away now? Um, and I think, yeah, I think, I think Levy will kind of go. I, I, I think the big thing I think uh, that Ricky was saying that really makes me think that is if you think, 
in January, the players we let go, it was our, I think they're our two two most expensive signings. Um, yep. I think uh, La Celso, by the time you work out the loan fee and everything that they did. Um, a hundred million then, between them. Yeah. And, and then you had Dele, yeah. yeah. And then even Deli Ali, who last summer, I think PSG came in for on a loan or something, didn't they? And, and, and Levy wouldn't yeah. do it because uh, he was like, I don't want to do a load. He's too big an asset to kind of do that thing. And the fact we shipped him out on loan, there's all these talk in the moment. Uh, I think there have been a few articles saying, like, you know, we're kind of willing to take a big hit on both of them. Ali, I know we put all those clauses in, but he, he left on a free transfer. Um, and, and you know, Le- Levy is not a man who, if he thinks he can get an extra million for a player, he, he, he's, he's a brilliant negotiator, but he's a, he's a hard, he's a hard-lined one. So the fact he's actually done that, I imagine pained him. It absolutely pained him to, to, for, for it to happen. Uh, but it has happened. So I think, you know, I, I, and that for me is such a massive sign, as well as getting the Juve lads in, it was doing that. So, yeah, I, I think he will be backed and I think it'll be a really, really exciting summer. What What's the definition, Rob, for you to, to, to back Conte? Uh, I would say the, the interesting thing is because Conte has a slight reputation of like, oh, you have to spend millions and millions and millions, but you, you kind of don't. I remember hearing a story about apparently he got annoyed when he was at Inter and he felt he wasn't backed. And it's because they didn't sign Giroud as like a, a, a backup striker. And he was yeah. literally like, I think it was been like seven and a half million or something like that. So I don't think we need to go in and spend crazy, crazy money. It, it's just just getting him the players that he wants. And, you know, you think you think of all those times in the past where we've kind of, um, was it like uh, like Grealish when we nearly got him and we were haggling over like, it was like, was, was it five million or was it even less than that? It was it was a crazy amount of money. It was really, really cheap. And then I think Bruno Fernandes as well. I think we, we like drew a line at the price and we wouldn't go above this thing. And then he ended up going for a couple more million. It, it's that. It's just paying that. It's just getting the deal done. It's just paying that little bit more maybe. As you say as well, not, not waiting until the last day of the summer transfer deadline when the season's already started. It's getting in, getting it done, giving him the players that what probably what are we thinking about around about five-ish, I'd guess. Something like that would be good. And then and then saying, there you are, there's your there's your toolbox we we're talking about. Go and go and go and do your big season. This is it. Go and make it happen. And let's and let's see what happens. See Ricky, Rob's even talking about your toolbox now. Um, <laughs> yeah. While now, he's in the downstairs toilet as well. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, what makes what makes this summer different? Because you know, Rob rightly said there about Bruno Fernandez. You know, we got Jedson Fernandez. There was a real quality difference. <laughs> what, what what is different this summer for Antonio Conte? Because Conte holds the board to account. He holds them to account. He's the first person that has ever been able to go up and say, "Look, no, I know you've got a plan, but this is not working. It needs to go this way for for the plan to work." And Conte has proved it by by doing that business in January, letting the players go, but also bringing in two players that he wanted. He's proven that if he can have a, a squad that he can mould and he can have the right things, the, the right players in the right places, then we can achieve like big things. If we look at our squad and if we had an out-and-out right wing back that was dynamite, and an out-and-out left-wing back that was dynamite, how many goals would be created or being scored by these by these players? If we had enough, you know, Davies played tremendous today, but if we had another, like we've all said the whole season, like another left centre-back who was, I don't know, a bit more kind of robust and, I don't know, I can't criticise Davies today because he played fantastic. So, 
but but if we if what I'm saying is if Conte um, gets what he's after, then what can we achieve with this team and and under him and under his tactics? And don't get it twisted. Look, this is what I'm saying. Like the whole Conte leaving thing, I've said this a couple of times, but the whole Conte leaving thing is wasted energy. All right, it's wasted energy. Let the papers and let Twitter and let whoever wants to fall around with that notion, let them do it. He ain't going nowhere. Little bit by little bit, Tottenham are creeping underneath his skin. Like we're, you know, and don't get it twisted. Like Conte relishes the challenge that the Premier League possesses. Not only are we going up against, you know, every team's a strong team. There's no, there's never a guaranteed three points, but you're going up with the best managers in the world. You're going head to head with these best managers in the world. And I think he's excited by that. And the fact that we can show him that we can execute an improvement and his plans and tactics and with the result today, you know, 1-1 at, at Anfield, that's that's massive. So I think he's he's getting seduced by us. He, I think he's starting to love our fans. I think we're, make, we're, we're a perfect match right now. And I guarantee you, especially next season, at least, he ain't going nowhere. It's a bit like Harry Kane when they, as soon as he started scoring goals, everyone was like, he's going this season, he's going this season. He's going. While he's yeah. wearing the shirt, just, just back him, shout, scream, do you know what I mean? Send positive energy that way while he's there with us. At one point, he will leave. He could win the league and decide to leave. He could win everything going and then go, you know what? I want to go back to Italy or I want to go somewhere else. He's one of those characters. So let's not waste energy worrying about him leaving. He ain't going nowhere for the minute. He's wearing the shirt. He's got a cockerel on his chest. So just trust it and let's see what happens next. Like put your energy into, you know, into motivating the boys to go and get the result on Thursday. And, and then, you know, against Burnley and then against Norwich. Let's keep on our fight, you know, and just put all this good energy and all of this, that, 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 this frustration that we've had this whole season Put it into the next three games, man, and let's see what happens. Kim, we spoke a little bit earlier about Stephen Bergwijn possibly uh, leaving the club in the summer. Now, out of all the improvements that Antonio Conte has made in the last six months, any other players you leaving and don't have a future at Spurs in the summer? There's a lot of them. There's there's a lot. There's a lot to. That's the one good thing I think about our transfer window next year. I think we can. The only thing, obviously, Levy's got to do is perhaps take a hit on some of the players, as 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 the other lads have said. You know, we've got to, um, you know, we've got to get rid of Endombele. We've got to get Sanchez isn't isn't really Spurs. There's there's a lot to go. Six or seven, but from that six, the Celso is another one. Um, th- there's a lot to go that aren't really suited to the Premier League or just us and like. Um, who else? There really is quite a lot. I think perhaps Harry Winks, it's time for him to move on. Um, uh, there's five or six there at least, you know, and even like, you know, you know, I don't want to say Emerson after today, but even Reggie, I don't know whether they're, they're actually cut out for us and what sort of Conte wants to achieve. Whether some of them could be could be there as sort of a reserve, but Bergwin, I think, is pr- perhaps too good to sit on our bench. I think he's going to come really good somewhere. Him, I've always thought that, you know, perhaps if he goes back to Ajax, he'll, he'll do really well out there. But um, I just, I just think overall that, um, yeah, there's a lot to get rid of. But I think we could probably get in like 150 million for what we've got to get rid of, and then you know that gives us a, even like a lot to spend without. 
just spending out on, on nothing. Do you, do you get where I'm coming from? The only thing that I would say, though, Kim, is if Antonio Conte keeps improving players, do we end up getting, do we all end up offloading some of them? Oh, yeah. Well, I've just said the one, Sanchez, I'll definitely offload. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not knocking, he's just never really shown it for me as a centre half there. Not at all. I mean, he was a great prospect where he came from, but like Ajax, you know, but he just didn't um, show it where it went. Like, he, he's, he's dodgy on the ball. He's just, you know, um, no, there's quite a few. Listen, you can't improve players that much. I think, we've, you know, Antonio will know. He'll have seen enough of these players this season to know who he can improve and, and you know, and who he can't. Do you know, and I think, and also it's about the attitude and the whether the Premier League suits him. Lacelso is a fine player, but I'm not sure that the Premier League's for him. Um, and Dombelli, I mean, I don't know the man, but his attitude looks like it stinks to me. Um, you know, uh, and it, you know, he doesn't look like the greatest laugh to have around the dressing room. You know, he'd be first gone if if I. But then again, you know, if I was running the country, like the world would be a better place, Chris. Isn't. Is Undon Ballet part of your toolbox, Ricky? Oh, I wish he was, mate. I wish he was. I wish he I wish he had the want and the desire and do you know what I mean? And the the effort and the will to to, to be one of the greatest. Do you know what I mean? Because he's got he's got everything in his locker. I really thought he was gonna be an upgrade, uh, uh, an upgrade on Musa Dembele, but it just hasn't worked out. Like Kim was saying there, it just hasn't worked out. And maybe he'd better suit it somewhere else, you know, and it's unfortunate. But, yeah, I wish he was part of the toolbox. But it's not about my toolbox, brother. It's all about Conte's <laughs> toolbox, all right? And whatever Conte wants in that toolbox, he should have. And if that means taking a few screwdrivers out and a few hammers, then cool. Upgrade him. Upgrade him. Whatever he needs, this is what we need to do. We need to back him and, <clears throat> and back his ideas. Absolutely. Um, now, before we talk about the North London derby on Thursday, um, Rob, let's start with you. I just wanted to ask all of you your worst moment of this season, your best moment of this season and your player of the season. Ooh, OK, all right. Um, I think I think best moment of the season is it's, it's, it's the toss up, isn't it, between um, either the Leicester, the Leicester comeback or but I, I think the, the Man City. The Man City winner, I don't think it get you know, because do you know what? That just felt classic Spurs, didn't it? Where it felt like, Blood, bloody hell, we're going to win this. I can't believe it. And then like last minute VAR penalty and just like, oh. And and and, and it, again, it felt like really good point, but you come away like, oh. And then just the way it happened as well, that move, just passing it around. I think it was about 30 passes, wasn't it? And like, just mm. that was Conte. Conte, just keep calm. Doesn't matter. Trust the process. Let's go. Uh, that was That was unbelievable. That was so good. Uh, worst moment of the season, I think. Again, I think it's got to be. There was a specific bit in the in the uh, when we played at the Emirates when they were they were three 0 up at half time. Where do you know that thing where you you then look to the touchline, you look to your manager, and you kind of want him to be like at least pointing at an iPad, like pretending to work some tactics out. And Nuno yeah. Nuno looked like he was about to cry. He literally was stood on his own, and he looked like he was welling up. And it was a bit like. Well, if you haven't got a clue, mate, what like what are we going to do here? That that felt so. That felt like where do we go from here? I don't know where we go from here. Like I, I don't, I can't see the progress. Uh, so that was definitely the low point for me. And then the the player of the season, I think I would have said it. 
it's really ebbed and flowed. For a while, I would have said Dyer because I actually think Dyer, even in the in Nuno, Dyer was probably our best player during the Nuno phase as well, and then he's been really solid. And then I think um, uh, R- Romero has been brilliant, but I just don't think he's. That was another mad thing. Can you remember all the stuff when they got quarantined? Yeah. And they, yeah. and they were training on their own in like an island. Yeah. Like, what was that it's all about? That was bizarre. Funny season for so many reasons. Yeah. yeah. And then we had to fly them in on the day of the Newcastle game, I think it was. It was yeah. so strange. Um, uh, so I think you've got to give it Sonny. I just think he's really, he's, he's you know, even just on the goals and the fact it's, it it just feels really nice as well that it does feel like as 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 I sort of said before, it's always been sort of Kane and Sod, and Kane's always been the main guy. But it really does feel like Sonny's Mister Tottenham. Obviously, given all the stuff with with Harry in the in the summer, and um, yeah, and fair play to Son as well because he signed that massive contract. You know, yeah. after we'd hired uh, Nuno, and you think, God, that that's a guy who's given his best years his best years to the club, who probably at that period could have gone, actually, do you know what? Go and find me a move and I'll go to Champions League team. And uh, so, yeah, he'd be my... I feel like all this kind of is like the is, is like the repayment he gets of being so so great for the club. So he'd be my player of the season. I agree with everything you've said, Rob. Um, particularly, you know, that, that, that result of the Emirates Stadium. I tell you what, after that game, I felt like crying at uh, the Emirates oh. Stadium because they absolutely battered us. And the way you've just described that, if you look to your manager and we just looked like we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, yeah, Hunmin Son, Christian Romero have been absolutely brilliant this season. Um, Ricky, what about you? I'm, I'm in total agreement, mate. In total agreement, all of them. Um, you know, like you saying there, when Sonny signed that big contract at the time that he done it with Nuno in charge, like you say, giving him his best years, but and with his strike partner, one of the most important players at the club, it, you know, looking to leave. And he was the one that put pen to paper at that point. You know, he just got the Pushkas award as well for the for the goal um, when he done the whole pitch, he ran the whole pitch. And um, he, he was, you know, he, he could have got a, a move away. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with all of them. When it comes down to that Guna game, that was, that's when I shook my head, mate. That's when I thought, I don't know what we're going to do here. You know what I mean? I don't know what this season's going to be. And then when Carragher done his bit of analysis when he showed we had no midfield, <laughs> and I was just like, what is going on here? Like, there's, you know, there's, there's ways to lose, and then there's, then there's what is going on here. You know, so yeah, and in the Man City game as well, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Because again, nobody gave us a shot at going there and 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 nicking it, but um, we did. And and to see that fight in our in, in the team, especially at that point where we'd had the roller coasters, you know, we had the ups and downs. But to see that under Conte, that was a uh, yeah, that was dynamite. And for Harry Kane to score against Man City after all of the speculations with Pep for Man City and wearing a sky blue shirt and he put the winner in, you know, and spending a hundred million on Grealish, he put the winner in um, with a cocker on his chest. And I, that, you know, just, that was next level. But I think the best moment's going to be the end of this season, maybe after the Guna game, or maybe <laughs> at the end of the season where we're at top four, mate, let me tell you. The best has not happened yet. Actually, another low point that turned into a very high point was uh, was Nuno getting the sack after the Man United game, and then of course Conte coming in. Um, Kim, what about you? Worst part, worst part of the season was appointing Nuno for me. <laughs> right at the start. It's getting beaten Farmers League. I didn't like being 
that and even players. That conference league was awful. Never going to be in that again. And the, the player of the season for me, Sonny, 100%. I absolutely love him. I think he's, he's he just seems the most smiley, happy, gorgeous little lad. And if his dad watching this, his dad scares the shit out of me. I'm <laughs> far too old. But no. So that's my highlights season. I mean, you know, up and down. <laughs> that's a great point, though, Kim. If you had Hunmin Son's dad in that changing room, do you think Ooh. some of these players might, might, <laughs> might give a little, little, bit, little bit more? If I was Conte, I'd bring him in as a sidekick. I mean, he, he'd scare the bleating living daylights out of me. That that black, well, he did. No wonder he ain't got a girlfriend. I mean, imagine he a girlfriend for him. She'd run a mile, the poor cow. Do you know what I mean? She... <laughs> Rob, Rob let's, let's, let's start with you. We're talking about the North London derby um, on Thursday. Um Give me your favourite North London derby moment over the years that you've been watching Spurs and how do you think the game will go on Thursday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Uh, my favourite was... Uh, I would go... Oh, I don't know, actually. Um, I think the... Do you know what? I weirdly, I weirdly actually did quite enjoy the, uh, the, the Jose 2-1-1 because it was just like we, we, we would sort of not playing particularly well and we managed to just like it, they were in a really bad patch as well and it was like they gifted us a David Louise that was almost like a sort of Schadenfreude just seeing them like just at, at their lowest ebb I, I did I did quite enjoy that recently in the middle of lockdown as well that was a, a fleeting highlight of lockdown um for Thursday I don't know I think it's going to be really interesting because it, it a lot depends on tomorrow for Leeds because say they do go into this with a four-point lead, they they don't yeah. really need to win it, do they? they? They'd happily just take a happily just take a point. So I could see them doing the old um, doing like going to like three at the back, play Rob Holding as well, and just and just absolutely sit. And then you know the, the worry would be we're in a kind of like uh, you know we struggle again. We're better when teams come out and play against us. Um, so th- that would be my worry. However, having said that, I don't think they're good enough to do. I don't think they're strong enough defensively to do it. I think they've conceded and they haven't kept a clean sheet in six games or something like that. Um, so I think it will be. I think. I think it'll. I think it'll be like three-one or something like that. I think. I think we'll get into a bit of a lead and then they'll have to come out and then that's when we do the old do the old Kane and Son thing. But I'm, I managed to get a ticket, so I just I cannot wait for it. I literally cannot wait. I don't know what the... You're feeling confident. Uh, uh, yeah, I am. I am I am feeling really confident about it. And I just feel like... I, I think everyone's on board. I can't, it's been it's been years since, like, you know, particularly in that... I, it, it, it's, it, is it the biggest... Is it going to be the biggest game in that new stadium? Probably. Well, it's the first time that the Arsenal fans will actually have been in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because previous games have been, um, you know, behind closed doors. And, of course, yeah. we played a friendly against them in the Mind series in August, but uh, no away fans for that game either. So it's the first time that the, 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 their fans would have been in our stadium. Do you think that's going to make yeah. a real difference, Rob? Oh, I think it's going to be absolutely huge. I think, I think it's, it's, it's going to be massive. And I just think, you know, there's so much on the line. And I think I think everyone's on board now. I think I think there was you know there was a bit of a period where it was a bit like do you know after we lost the Wolves and the Southampton games and it'd be a bit like there'd be a misplaced like Ricky was saying there'd be a misplaced pass and you kind of get that 
people aren't yeah. doing it intentionally, but you kind of hear that sort of audible like groan, and then the players get a bit twitchy, and it's kind of I, I don't think there'll be any of that. I think it'll be everyone will just be so up for it. It'll be so loud all the way through as well. And uh, yeah, I think we'll do it. I do. I do genuinely think we do. I just think we're a better team than them. I, I think we're a better team, and we've got a better manager, and we've got better players. And, and we have a better game plan as well. And I just think, uh, you know, anything can happen in football, but I think that'll just, that'll just bear out. Love it, Rob. Love it. Ricky, are we going to win? Um, mate, we're winning. We're winning Thursday all day long, bro. All day long. Think about how Antonio is going to drill the boys this week. Think about how buzzing they're going to be to kind of unleash. Think about how the Gooners ran away during December. And, and, you know, manipulated the COVID rules when they had one out and then they sent a ton on loan and suddenly they've got injuries that we've got to worry Fair about. Do, do you know what I mean? And I think uh, um, Antonio's forgot, for, forgotten about that either. You know, he, he's ready to, to, to put it to him, bro. I, I think it's, it's been a long time coming. I think everything happens for a reason. We should, I feel we should have played him in December, but the fact that it's right here with everything on the line, you know, with the in our in our home stadium, with the crowd on their feet, kind of, oh, bro, it's going to be electric. It's going to be electric, and I think you know, Conte's going to come out with a master plan, and we're going to do them. I don't even think they're going to score a goal. I don't even think they're going to score a goal, bro. You know, and you've got to think about. I know I said as well, like, you know, let's worry about us. Let's worry about our fixtures. Let's worry about and then let the rest. Do you know what I mean? Do what they've got to do. Don't worry about anybody else. But like like you say in there, Leeds tomorrow, that's going to be a tough game, you know. They're fighting to stay in the league, right? They're fighting to stay in the league. They've got a base of Bielsa in them. And yes, they've got the new manager in right now. But they've got some fight in there. And, and, the, and the Leeds uh, supporters have got some fight in them as well. They've, they've been through some difficult times. So, you know, they're, they're not going to go and wilt, I don't believe. Everton... They just beat Chelsea last week. You know, they're going to be buoyed by getting that result and, and you know, fighting to stay in the league themselves. So the, the Gooners have got a tough, tough couple of games. And as both Rob and Kim were saying earlier, they've still got to go to Newcastle as well. So, mate, it's, it's all on us, bro. As long as we burst that bubble, as long as we show them, you know, exactly who we are, like a 3-0, like a 4 0 up then I, I think, you know, it's, it's ours for the taking, honestly. Kim, how are you feeling ahead of this North London derby? Proper confident. I think we're going to smash them. And I think that will be their downfall. I think it's going to be more than... We're going to beat them by more than two goals. And then they've got the lovely Newcastle away on the last day of the season with a load of screaming drunken Geordies who have probably <laughs> off work happy days like Arsenal. Kim, I think we've all rubbed off on you tonight. <laughs> well, I know feel positive about this one. I think we've got this on. Listen, if we haven't got it, we don't deserve it. But I think we've got this. And I've, what they need is a little wake-up call now to remember how crap they was a few weeks ago. And I think we could just be the team to give it to them. I expect us to beat them by yeah. a couple of I, I shouldn't be saying this. Costa would be having such a go at me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, Kim? I, I think what will round this off is you've got to text him later saying how Harry Winks played so well and Ben Davis played so well. That, that, that'll do it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Davis did play well tonight, in fairness to him. He had a great game. 
Kim, finally, um, favourite North London derby moments over the years for you? For me, and it's a weird one, and like obviously I could say the Gaza, but I weren't at that game. I was working out as a DJ in, in Corfu. But the favourite one for me, is uh, it was in the 80s when I went to Ibra. It was the first, don't ask about the second leg of the semi-final, Chris, because it was so spursy. But the first leg was when I went out and we was all over and we could have had 10 goals, but Clive Allen got the winner, I think, and it was we won 1-0. But it ended up going really peak song right near the end of the second leg. So just don't ask about that. But it was that for me was a special moment. I think it was my first visit to Ivory. Um, or one, no, it wasn't my first visit, but it was the first time I've seen us win at Highbury, I think. And uh, we played so well that game, you know. And we could, as I said, we could have had four, five, six. But Clive Allen, I, I remember him scoring the winner, and uh, that was a great, great time for me. Are you there Thursday night then, Kim? I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not no. there. For, but um, I'll be watching. I'll be watching at home. Well, Kim, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and uh, your latest book. My latest book's The Family Man. Um, it might be still in the supermarkets. It might not be. But um, I've written 16 books. You can find me on Facebook, Kimberly Chambers. Um Facebook, Twitter and uh, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be cracking on with my next one soon. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, Rob, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to. Uh, yeah, I'm just same, same, really. Twitter, uh, Instagram, at Radio Rob Howard. I'm actually on the radio tomorrow as well. So if, you, if you'd like to hear me talk more about Harry Styles' new tour rather than how effective Ben <laughs> Davis is in the back three, then uh, check me out tomorrow morning from nine. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, and Ricky, thanks so much as always. Thank you, brother. Always an honour honor and a pleasure, my friend. It's been great being on with uh, Kimberly and Rob. And Rob, you need to be talking about Harry Kane, not Harry Styles. I mean, come on, brother. <laughs> I thought we were going to say mean, Come on, come on. Do you know what I mean? Man, um, I'm, I'm going to be talking about your toolbox tomorrow morning. That seems to be what the people want to hear about. <laughs> Don't talk about oh my gosh. <laughs> right? All right. No, but um, yeah, you know, you know where to find me. Twitter uh, at Ricky J Norwood. I've got the little blue tick there. Official Ricky Norwood on Insta. I haven't got the blue tick there. Don't ask me. And I'll be on after the game. After we beat the Gooners to a pulp, I'll be uh, with you, Chris, after the game. So I'm looking forward to that too. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Hopefully we Come can on. get in that Champions League spot. Uh, we have secured Europa League football today, but of course we all want Champions League. Um, I will see you on the next video. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. And thanks so much to Kim, Rob and Ricky. Uh, until the next one, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. 
Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.